Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone Personal Organization, and I'm excited to talk with you today, ladies. Um, I want to just sort of uh, give a sort of recap of what the phone calls I got this week. Um, a lot of you said, you know, you don't really want to hear about zero waste. Uh, you prefer to hear more about organization. Some people said, I prefer to hear about organization, I mean, zero waste, or I want to hear about both. The consensus I sort of got was like, you want to hear both. So, <laughs> so I'm going to try to keep it at 50-50. Uh, the thing is, though, is I get way more questions about zero waste than I do about organization. So if you really do want to hear about organization, please leave me more organization based questions. Um, a lady called me and told me that uh, her husband is Jose Betchuva, about Chuva, and uh, her extended family is not religious and that they're super into zero waste. And she said that some um, values of zero waste are not directly aligned with Torah values. And there are aspects of zero waste that that's true. Um, for example, having a large family is not a zero waste value. Um, it's a conundrum. Um, it's definitely, I want to just stress for me personally, um, uh, let me just explain why having a large family, there's a lot of aspects here. So let me just compose my thoughts. Hold on. Um, there's a lot of aspects. Why isn't uh, a it's zero waste to have a lot of children. Well, people, humans in general, take a lot of resources. And so when you're devoting more resources to more new people, then older people aren't getting the resources or that it just takes more drain on, on the world and the earth in general. Um, obviously, having children is a Torah value. Um, I mean, we definitely have a mitzvah to, well, men have a mitzvah anyways to recreate and um, have children. But the thing is, is that in a movement, um, not everything has to sort of align with other aspects of what you believe. We still have an idea in Judaism that, you know, we shouldn't waste. We have the idea of Baal Tashlit, like this is still a, a core value of what we have. Um, you know, I was missing the obvious example <laughs> the whole time. I should have told everyone to begin with. I'm not sure why I didn't think about it. It's not obvious to people who don't live in Israel. And it's not obvious if you're not celebrating Shemitah. But actually, Shemitah is, um, is actually like a core principle. Is really, I think, a mitzvah that illustrates zero waste a lot. When you have food that's grown... Um, uh, in a Shemitah year. So it's not actively grown. You're allowed to eat that food. Um, you're allowed to, I mean, the person is, the person who owns the field is not supposed to sell it. And, and there's all these complicated rules, but they are allowed to eat the food. It is a mitzvah to eat the food. Um, it's actually like uh, preferred to eat the food. It, it's, it has kedusha the food. If you eat the food that's grown in a Shemitah field on a, on from like a Jewish-owned land uh, during a Shemitah year, it has kedusha the food. And um, it's important to eat that food. 
a lot of people avoid eating the food because they don't know how to properly deal with the waste, and so they would just rather not deal with it. But it's actually a mitzvah to deal with it. But this is my point, is that let's say you have something that's shemitah, beans, for example, that you cook in water, or even if you would boil a potato in water. When you cook that food, a potato, a bean, whatever, and it's a shemitah food, it's a kedusha food, um, you're not allowed to throw away the water. <laughs> um, now, I don't know, every, I'm not an expert in shemitah. Um, when I made aliyah, it happened to be a shemitah year, and I did as much as I could to make shemitah as easy as possible for myself because I didn't know all the halachot and I've never done it before and it was really hard and as an American we really don't understand the rules of shemitah if we're not really doing it and I didn't want to make a mistake so I was tried to be as careful as I possibly could um, and it was hard (laughs) Um, but like you can't throw away the water you have to cook something else in that water uh, or reuse the water. You can't just pour it down the drain. And you would think, like, okay, we turn on the tap, and the water comes rolling out, right? Uh, we, thankfully, all live in first-world countries where the water just rolls it right out of the tap. And we, think, we don't think as water of, as being scarce, and yet here we have it, plain and white in the halacha, black and white in the halacha. We can't throw away the water. And so I think that that when we're talking about waste in general, and a, and a lot of ladies complained, like, oh, my husband's, I'm trying so hard to declutter, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm trying so hard to declutter, but my husband keeps purchasing and purchasing and purchasing. We have really concrete examples in the Torah of how we shouldn't waste, and I think Shemitah is, I can't believe I missed talking about it, really, um, that's such a good example. We can't even throw away the water we cooked the vegetables in. We have to make something else with it or use it for something else or cook a, something else in it that's not Kedusha. And we can't even throw away the food that's Kedusha. So we should take less on our plate to begin with because um, we don't want to waste the food that's Kedusha. And, and so... For the lady who said to me that, like, Rabbanim don't stand behind zero waste, maybe. Maybe they don't stand behind zero waste as the zero waste movement. But certainly in Halakha, we have examples of, of what it means not to waste. But we're a consumer-based society, and I think even Rabbanim have gone, like, don't even, I think, maybe not Rabbanim, but I don't know, maybe just... People just go away from the fact they've moved away. Their brain isn't even conditioned to see anymore what we waste because it's so plentiful. We don't even realize what we're wasting. And um, like we're accustomed to it. We don't think about it's waste. I mean, ladies, how many of you brush your teeth in the morning and leave the water running? Now, I can't say I'm perfect. There are plenty of times when I have to catch myself and be like, hey, turn the water off. But it's like, that is a waste. And it's not just a waste of money, literally washing your money down the drain, but like you're wasting the water. And so, yes, there are certain aspects of the zero waste movement that don't necessarily align with Torah values, like having more children. But... 
overall, the zero waste movement is, is something we should strive to do. And when we do have children, we should strive to keep our waste as low as possible with our children. Um, that being said, um, for the ladies whose husbands, and there are quite a few of you, who are buying things, all you can do is do the best that you can. Um, all you can do, and this is true with organization, it's true with zero waste. Your families are not going to be on board from the beginning right away. Maybe they will. I mean, my husband was totally on board with it, with the organization and with the, with the zero waste. But not all husbands are, and my kids certainly weren't on board. Um, if we want to institute something in our homes as mothers, whether it's a chore sheet or um, zero waste or organization or m more, you know, m cleanliness or whatever it is, it's our jobs as the runners of the household to make what we want happen. <laughs> if we want to be more organized, tov. Let's imagine that we're being more organized and eventually Hashem will make it so that our families fall in line with what we want them to do. Are you going to snap your fingers and be like, hey, I'm organized? No. The, the name of this program is Journey to Organization. It's totally a journey. I'm on that journey too. Baruch Hashem, my business is growing and sometimes I feel like, okay, when am I going to chance to get myself organized? <laughs> and, and, you know, I had to sit down and carve out the time for myself. And here's the thing. It's about making time. It's about setting your values. It's about asking Hashem to help you achieve your goals and not worrying if it's a little out of sorts one week or one day or one month or whatever time frame that's passing you by. We're, thank God, on our 20th session. We've been talking about this for how many months now? I know we had a few off weeks. Um, we've been talking since February, okay? It's now July. So five months. Is anybody totally organized yet? I hope so. I, I hope that there's a few of you out there who are, but I'm sure for most of you, it's you're somewhere along in the process and you can always do a little bit more. Um, so if your husband is, you know, holding you back in that way or your kids are holding you back in that way, please don't get discouraged. You're doing the best that you can. Just do the best that you can. That's all that we can ask from you. That's all you can ask of yourself. Just keep trying to do better. When you when your family sees what organization or zero waste or whatever you're implementing, ha healthy eating, whatever, when your family sees what an impact that it has on you, they will go along with you. And if you frame it as, I need your help because this is a goal I want to achieve, can you please help me achieve my goal? A lot more people are willing to help and pitch in in your family because they want to help you. If they see it, as something that they have to do dafka for themselves, maybe they're not so interested. But if they see it as they're your cheerleading team, there are going to be a lot more willing to help you. If you frame it as, listen, this is a goal I would really like to achieve. 
please, can you help me by doing X, Y, and Z? It would just really help me achieve, be at a place where I want to be, achieve my goal. Um, <clears throat> I think you get a lot less pushback more than if you say, less than if you say, um, you know, please be organized <laughs> um, or be organized or don't waste this. Um, it, kids um, especially have very little context. They need to understand why they're doing something in order for them to do it. And so if, the, if you say, please do it because it helps mommy, please do it because, you know, it helps me, like, they're going to be a lot more willing to do it uh, with, like, blind faith than if you try to make it into um, something that they need to do for themselves. Um, so... Gitty called me and asked me, this is more of an organization question. Gitty called me and asked me, um, told me that her husband's closet kind of smells now because especially now it's summer, his shoes are very smelly. So here's what I recommend. Um, get like a shaker. You probably have like a spice shaker, maybe an old one from one of the spices that you used up and put baking soda in it and you could sprinkle um, the baking soda in the shoe that way um, and just sort of like swish it around. Don't put the shoes in the closet. Leave like a space, like maybe by the front door where he could um, let his shoes air out. Um, and make sure he's rotating his pairs of shoes. Now, this kind of seems like antithesis to zero waste, but I actually do this too. It makes my shoes last longer. Um, when I like wear sneakers every day, pretty much when I am with clients, um, and I rotate my sneakers. I have two pairs, and I let them air out in between. Um, if they're too wet, like you could, if they're too like sweaty and yucky in the inside, you could get a foot fungus, number one. Um, and number two is the actual act of letting them dry preserves some of the fabric in the sneaker, which um, extends the longevity of the sneaker or the shoe or whatever. Um, and so giving them a chance to air. Another thing you could do is, um, if you have, this helps absorb some of the odor is to put in uh, newspapers with the baking soda. This should help absorb some of the moisture. You could reuse the same one like every other day or whatever, change, don't, you don't have to change it that frequently. The other thing is, is there's um, inserts you could put in your shoes that help um, manage, that help manage uh, the odor. Okay, so a lady called me I think that's all the zero waste. Let me just quickly look. Um, oh, okay. Um, paper towels. Um, I mentioned that I don't use paper towels. A lady called me and asked me, don't paper towels disintegrate? Well, yes and no. Mostly um, paper towels, like brands like Bounty, come from virgin paper, which means it's new paper. It's not recycled paper. And um, so that's bad because you're cutting down more trees to make the a paper towel that essentially gets thrown in the garbage right away. Um, when it's packed in the garbage, it can't decompose. So if you put your paper towels in the composter, okay, then we're having like a little bit of a different discussion. Um, fine. Um, but um, using the rags is a way of, of reducing and reusing because I'm cutting up my husband's old undershirts or an old towel or um, 
and they're really absorbent and I just wash it in the washing machine. Now you might say, oh, but washing it in the washing machine, well, that's, you know, a waste. Um, but water recycles itself. Um, I don't use a lot of detergent and the amount of resources that go into um, shipping the detergents um, and recycling the water is a lot less than actually making the paper. So when you're considering things that are on the zero waste spectrum, consider um, how something is made. How, how does it get to us? Uh, paper takes a lot of resources to make, a lot. Um, and it's shipped everywhere and sure it doesn't go bad or expire but um, after you throw it away it sits it packed tightly in a garbage heap, a, um, a landfill and it can't decompose because it's packed too tightly and there's not enough oxygen surrounding it. So that's why I use um, old undershirts or old towels because anyways what was I going to do with them? Send them to the recycling maybe but a lot of that stuff ends up in the landfill. So I'm just delaying the landfill a little bit longer. Um, I'm using up all my resources. Um, I bet you if you look at paper towels as a monthly expense, it's costing you quite a bit. Um, see if you can cut back. Um, it's good for your pocketbook and, and also good for the environment. Um, plus with the shmatas, you never really run out. You kind of have like, I keep a drawer in my kitchen and then I have a basket next to the washing machine that I just throw them into when I'm done with them. When the basket is full, I wash them. Um, it's pretty easy actually. Um, okay, so that was the paper towels. Um, okay, what else? Um, somebody asked me again about um, composting again putting all of your um, stuff all of your organic scraps just fruit and vegetable peels um, depending on the laws of New York City which I haven't closely researched but when I'm in New York City I will look them up um, <clears throat> um, you can put in some cooked food but you should try to just keep it to things that are uncooked eggshells peels rotten fruit stuff like that okay um, Shalom has called me. She went through all of her maternity clothes. She decided what she did and didn't need. And she was holding on to a lot of things that she decided she was never going to wear, even if she does have another baby. And she passed on those things that she wasn't going to use anymore. And she found that she had several beautiful dresses that she really loved hiding underneath the things she didn't love. And she was really, really pleased. And I think that that's both an organizational win and a zero waste win. So. Congratulations, Shalamis. Um, I think it's really great. Keep sorting through your stuff, ladies. The less you have, the more you have. That's really, um, really, really better. Um, another lady called me and said she started recycling. Um, she started getting her kids to use reusables. She stopped putting things in the trash. Um, and really being more considerate about her waste. She's down from nine bags to four bags a week and of trash, and that has saved her a lot of money, and she's really happy. So again, she is the one who asked me to explain composting, and I'm just gonna say it one more time, because I think it's important, and I think that I'm getting a lot of questions about it. So again, organic waste only into the composter. 
I promise you, once you start composting, you will be able to knock even more trash bags off of your tally for the week because so much of the reason why we take out a bag of trash is because our trash smells. When our trash has nothing wet in it, it doesn't really smell because it's the wet things that are de decomposing and making trash. Honestly, I take out my trash Friday before Shabbos and I take out my <laughs> trash maybe like after Shabbos or Sunday morning because those are the times when wet food is really going into my trash during the week. We eat very, very little meat and, and fish and chicken. Um, and so we're not really having those same leftovers. And anyways, we're really not having um, uh, any like wet trash during that time. Anything that's wet goes straight into the composter. So kola kavod on cutting back. Um, I also want to know, please call me back and let me know if you're more organized now because you have less waste. Um, okay, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, okay. Um, oh wait, I want to just talk about one more thing um, related to zero waste and then I'm going to switch to organizing. A lady called me and said she wants to hear more organizing. Um, she said that when we when we are protecting the earth we shouldn't be protecting goyim we should be protecting ourselves um and factories and manufacturing produce so much waste how does how does my like one little bag of garbage like saving a bag or two bags or three bags or even six bags of garbage really affect everything when manufacturing is such a big problem well here's the thing we vote with our dollars, with our shekels, with our pounds, whatever currency you live with. Um, when we tell manufacturers we want less waste when we don't buy their product, they get the message loud and clear. So by us not buying certain products because they're packaged too heavily, we're telling manufacturers we don't want what you're offering us and they will find a way to make it better for the environment. We are an important aspect of the retail stream. Um, so yes, it's true. Factories do create loads of toxins and pollute our environment. Um, but number one, it's an organizational tenant. You cannot organize clutter. So by reducing your waste in the packaging that you bring into your home, you have reduced clutter and you have reduced waste. Um, and number two is, it's true, we can't necessarily be responsible for the manufacturing of products, but we cannot use products that we think take too much effort to produce. Um, she also gave me a recipe for homemade toothpaste. Now, a lot of homemade toothpastes um, call for coconut oil. I don't like the ones with coconut oil because Coconut oil can actually cause your drains. I'm going to read you the recipe anyways. It's a half a cup of coconut oil, two to three tablespoons baking soda, 20 drops essential oil. Um, some really good ones for, for toothpaste are oregano oil, uh, clove oil, peppermint. Um, the thing is, is these come in like a hard, it's a hard, uh, it, the coconut oil can harden. It doesn't stay liquid all the time. Um, it's only liquid in, in the hot weather. Um, and so what I use, the tooth powder, even though it comes in a package, um, which is recyclable, I can put it in a sprinkler 
like a shaker, an old shaker, and um, shake it onto my toothbrush. Um, and it doesn't clog the drains as much. So if you wanna try that, um, I know that there's zero wasters who just use plain baking soda to brush their teeth. Um, I personally find that the tooth powder is better. Um, some people say that baking soda is too abrasive for teeth. If you have sensitive teeth, it's not good. The tooth powder has really, 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 really helped me. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, um, so yeah, so, the reason why I talk about zero waste in the first place is because I believe it's related to organization. Because I believe you can't organize clutter and the only way to reduce the clutter in your house is to actually reduce your waste. This is why I talk about zero waste. So I'm gonna switch now to organization but I just wanted to reiterate that one point. Um, and I wanna just go through um, a few sort of rules about organization, okay? Um, get your pencils out, ladies, because this is going to help. Um, I, I created these rules for a client who's having a little bit of trouble, um, so I'm going to share them with you. I want you ladies to automate what you can, do the minimum required that you're able to do, be kind to yourself, outsource when you can, prioritize the most important things, have less waste so that you can have more in every other area of your, have less clutter, um, so that you can have more in the general areas of your life and buy only what you need, okay? Now, um, there's a few, the reason why I'm telling you these rules is because a few ladies called me about a few different issues. One lady called me about moving, another lady called me about toys, and a third lady called me about papers, okay? So here's what I wanna, why I, I'm going through these, these rules. Again, automate what you can, do the minimum that you need to do, be kind to yourself in all situations. Remember that Hashem keeps you organized, of course. Um, outsource whenever you can, prioritize what needs to get done, have less clutter to have more in every other aspect of your life, buy only what you need, so now, Chaya called me and talked to me about toys. What happens when kids get bored with toys? Um, this is a big problem. What I like to recommend is I like to recommend storing toys in batches, um, rotating the toys so that kids can feel like they're getting new toys every other week or like they'll be excited to see toys if you rotate them every two weeks or every two months and they'll be a lot more entertained with them. But the thing about toys is that kids actually don't need a lot of toys to be um, to be really happy. I mean, they can really be happy with less. So I would say keep only the very best toys so that the toy situation it doesn't get out of control and um, and rotate the toys as best as you can. Um, maybe it's by putting them up in a taller shelf so that the kids only are playing with the stuff on the bottom. Maybe it's by putting it in a closet that the kids don't really have access to. There's a lot of different things you can do. Um, if you have a specific question about how to organize your toy area, area please send me a picture to Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, at balaganbegone.com. Um, I'm happy to look at your pictures 
and give you specific feedback about the best way for you to store things in certain areas. It's not just related to toys. If you have a question about a specific area, please, I will be happy to um, send you a little uh, email back about what you can do to better organize an area, okay? Um, let's see. Another lady didn't leave her name. She said she's moving. Shatova. Um, can we talk about moving tips? Great. Let's talk about moving. I know it's the season for moving. So here's tip number one. Ladies, I hope your pencils are still out. Tip number one, chuck as much stuff as you can. Do not pay to bring stuff you do not need. When you are packing, sort through everything um, and get rid of as much stuff as you possibly can. Yesterday I was with a client. She told me before she got there, she went through her clothes and got rid of two bags of clothes. Call a kavod. When I went through her stuff with her, we got rid of nine bags of clothes. Ladies, you have too much stuff. We passed it on. It's going to be recycled or donated or sold in a secondhand shop. Pass on what you don't need and don't pay to move it. Do you know how much easier it's going to be for her to move her things now? She has nine less bags of things and we didn't even, that was just from her closet. <laughs> that wasn't even from any of her kids' clothes, okay? Um, as much as you possibly can, be honest. Will you use it? Have you used it? Will you need it again? Do you have room for it in your new home? Think about those things when you're packing. Okay, here's my next tip. Color code your boxes. Give the boys room, I, I like to give each kid a different color of tape because each one of my kids has something different. But if you, if you have um, like two or three kids per room, then just give each room um, a color tape. Even if they're not all coming from the same room, um, if they're all going to the same room, then give them each one piece of tape. When the movers arrive, when you get to the house, put the piece of tape on each door and the movers will be able to match um, the tape and know which, which boxes go in which room. So for example, um, make the kitchen red tape and the living room yellow tape and the dining room blue tape. And then I give my boys a pattern and I gave my daughter a, a pink pattern and my boys a blue pattern. And I gave our room, you know, um, sparkling tape or whatever, whatever you can find. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, the washi tape is good. You don't need a big piece of tape, just a small thing on, a, on each side of the box. And then the movers know exactly where to put it. It makes unpacking so much easier. Um, if you can, if you're going to pack yourself, try to keep an inventory of what um, is in each box in a notebook um, or in an Excel spreadsheet if you use uh, computers. Um, and resist, finally, resist the urge to mix contents of boxes just to have a box full. Don't be afraid to send a, a half-empty box. If you mix in the context, contents of things, so for example, if you put stuff from your kid's bedroom or the playroom in with kitchen stuff, it's no good. You'll open the box and be like, hey, that's kitchen stuff. I don't need that I'm looking for the toys and the toys are buried underneath the, the whatever kitchen stuff is underneath. So keep like items together. This is a ten, basic tenant of organization. Now, if you're moving, let's go back to the rules. Automate whatever you can. This means that you should start setting up 
systems that are electronic. So for example, if you use Fresh Direct or Easy Kosher or any of those services to order food, set up for the first couple of weeks food ordering so that, you know, all you have to do is hit reorder and you're getting the same order and you can make the same food over and over again. Do the minimum that you um, need to be finished. Um, perfectionism is the antithesis of organization. We don't need you to be perfect. We need you to do the basics of what you need to get a task done. Be kind to yourself. If something doesn't get done, just say, it wasn't in my part of my tafkid today to get this done. Hashem's taking care of everything for me. It's okay, I can let it go. Um, outsource when you can. If that means that you have six kids and you're moving and the house needs to be cleaned, either your old house needs to be cleaned before you leave it or the new house to, needs to be get cleaned, get some help. You cannot do this all on your own. Um, or you can, maybe you can, but why? Why should you? You don't have to fight the battle by yourself. Whether it's having your kids help you or it's outsourcing by getting a cleaning person, do something to help yourself wherever you can, okay? If that means calling a carpenter to get something fixed instead of waiting for your husband to do it, please call the carpenter if you can afford it. It will make your life so much better. Prioritize what is important to you. What is the most important thing that needs to get done today? Again, this goes back to what we spoke about in time management, prioritizing. What is the most important thing? Pick two or three items that need to get done that day and focus on those things. Anything else that gets done in that day is a bonus. Having less to have more. When you have less stuff, you have more free time. You have more space. You have more emotional energy to spend on the things that you need. So when you're moving, this is an especially important thing. Move less stuff. Have less and you will have more and buy only what you need. This one is pretty obvious, buy only what you need. Um, okay, if you have any questions about moving, please let me know. Um, the last topic I wanna to talk about is, cause I've been rambling on now for uh, like 35 minutes almost, um, is papers. This is a huge problem for so many people. Okay, papers. This lady called me and says she needs an easy to maintain filing system for papers. She's a teacher, so after she teaches, she needs to put everything away for next year. Um, also, what should she do with household things like warranties, bills, and statements, and other important documents? So, okay, let's let's break down this call and this question, and and it, it because it has several facets to it. The first is, what do I do with things that I'm using for work? Okay, it doesn't matter what you do. If you're a speech therapist, if you're a physical therapist, if you're a teacher, um, you have things that you hand out to either students or clients or, or whomever, okay? What kind of filing system you use depends on what you like. I personally have three mesh bins that hold regular eight and a half by 11 hanging file folders and I like the file folders. Now, that system doesn't work for everybody. It works for me, but what works for me doesn't necessarily work for you. So here are my suggestions. 
especially if you're a teacher. What I suggest is, for, for these kind of materials, what I suggest is a binder with sheet protectors, even though it's really not zero waste, a binder with sheet protectors where you're sorting everything by lesson plan and you can just pull in your worksheets in and out and Xerox what you need. Um, I think that will really help. Um, you can sort of plan, um, you can write on the sheet protectors with a, a water-soluble pencil or crayon, um, or you can use post-it notes so that you can make notes to yourself from year to year. But basically, um, for me, that's been the system that I think works best for teachers. In my experience, that's what teachers like the most. Excuse me while I just... Um, Another system that might work for you is if you um, buy an accordion folder with like 12 sections and divide up each lesson plan, let's say by month, it depends on what you're teaching. If you're teaching, you know, a Jewish subject that a lot of times your teaching habits are, are um, related to the Jewish calendar, then that's certainly appropriate. You can have a, a subject for each... Um, a section for each holiday. Um, I guess it depends on what you're teaching. If you're teaching English, you can also divide up that way um, um, in the in the accordion folders, divided by how to teach different different types of subjects, and you can look for it that way. I have one client who likes to buy um, their like portfolio folders, and they have twelve sheet protectors already in them, and she sorts each each small sheet protector by like it comes with 12 into like one plastic folder and then she sorts it by like different levels of subjects and different grades and then she has like she puts those into a master binder for each grade um now let's talk about household things first of all i highly recommend that you buy a fire safe uh, a fireproof waterproof safe um, and keep all of your birth certificates in it, your marriage documents, your passports, um, anything that's going to be really, really, social security cards, um, anything that's going to be really, really, really difficult to, um, to get new if there was Khalila a fly, fire or a flood. Um, it doesn't have to be one of those nailed down ones for less than a hundred dollars. You could get one at Costco. They're really not so expensive. Um, and they're really a good investment in case, God forbid, you have a pipe that breaks or whatever, your documents will be protected. Um, the other option, of course, is a safety deposit box at a bank, um, but I like having things on hand. Um, the next thing um, that I want to point out with paperwork is that you only need to keep what you really need. So... Warranties, like after a year, they're, you know, not good anymore. So, or a year or however long it is, you don't need to keep it anymore. So um, you can chuck it when it's, when it's past its time. That means that every, you know, year, once a year, create a time when you're going through your paperwork and sorting it. Um, bills and statements, you really only need to keep the end of the year statements. Um... If you, there are some papers that you need to keep more frequently than others. This also will depend on which country you live in. Um, I like to tell my clients to scan whatever they can if they're using electronic files. 
it's so much better because you know you just keep everything on a hard drive and it's really much safer um that's my thing so you know call as much as you can get rid of as much of the papers as you can i'm sure when you actually go through it you'll find that there's so much you can shred or recycle um this is something that I like to do to reduce my statements is I just um, have a statement come directly to my email. I like my bank statements. I don't even get them in the mail anymore. I totally hopped out of that. If I need to check them, I can go onto the website with the bank and just check them that way. Um, I hope that this answers your question. I think um, what you uh, please call me back if it doesn't. What you can um, take away from this is that every person is different. So you might have some trial and error on which system is best for you. Um, and I'm happy to talk about this more if you leave me like a more detailed um, question about like where you're getting hung up on things and what the issue is exactly. Um, but basically, I would say get rid of as much as you need and then decide what is going to be worthwhile for you. Personally, um, the other thing you should consider, I'm sorry, before I get on to what I personally do, what I want to say is what you should really consider is um, how you also want to divide it up. So for example, you might want to have like an accordion folder that's just for like household appliances and warranties and furniture and that kind of stuff. And then have like your tax folders in a separate year. So that, I mean, that's personally what I do. I keep all of my documents for like, let's say 2017 in one folder at the end of the year, I just scan them all in and send them off to my accountant. Um, I keep all the warrant, like I keep, you know, all of my like warranties or manuals, which I really don't keep product manuals anymore because after the first few weeks, I really like know how to use it. I don't need the manual anymore. Um, in my phone, I keep like uh, the numbers, the warranty numbers, like as a contact so that I'm keeping less paper and everything is, excuse me, digital. And that really um, helps me. So um, it's kind of hard. I know a lot of ladies who are listening are not using electronic um, anything. So I'm not really sure um, how many of you that is who are not using electronic devices. Um, you know, things that have electronic address books and stuff like that. But one tip that I um, love to give is I like to say, like, for example, if you have a frequent flyer number on the airline, I save my frequent flyer number as a contact in my phone. So, for example, if it's United Airlines, okay, I make an entry in my address book called United Airlines. I write the frequent flyer number as like, um, you know, in the notes there. And then I put in the, the number for the reservations in case I have a problem, cause you know, I'll be traveling. And then I, I don't keep my like card that they send me or statements that they send me because I know that I have the information electronically stored, but I'm not sure how many of you are actually using that. So I need a little feedback from, from you ladies, um, to know exactly if this is a viable solution for you. Now, if you're not using an electronic organizer and you're using a, a diary, uh, like a, a handwritten phone diary, 
fine, you can do the same thing. Under you for United, put in your frequent flyer number. It's not a big deal. You don't need to keep the cards, but the point of doing this is then all of your information is at your fingertips when you need it. I mean, you're thinking about like, how am I going to store the frequent flyer number or whatever? Or the, um, for example, I shop at, at Land's End. I love Land's End. Um, and I have like a freaking number that gives me a discount. That number, I put, I put Land's End. I have Land's End saved in my phone or in your address book and with the shopper number and the pin number. Like, and I get, I can redeem the points. I can access the points. I always have that with me. Um, I mean, so, so think, think about like, I, I need to know exactly what you ladies are using. So give me a little bit of feedback. Tell me, are you using electronic organizers? Are you not, are you not using smartphones? Are you using, um, paper organizers? What are you using? I need to know ladies so I can give you the best advice possible. Um, but basically I like organizing things by year. Um, especially like in, for my U S documents, for example, anything that's from 2009 now, I can just throw away because I can shred it because now the IRS can't come after me anymore for anything past then it's past the statute of limitations. And I know when I put in 2017 at the end of this year, I'm going to throw out 2009. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so, so, um, I hope that this answered your question. I, I have a feeling that it might not have. So please leave me another voicemail and, um, tell me more and I, I, I tell me how, where your hangup is. All right, ladies. Um, I hope that everybody has the rest of the a great week for the rest of the week. I hope that you remember to say to yourself, Hashem keeps me organized. I hope that you remember to say to be the rules, to automate what you can, to do the minimum that you can, to be kind to yourself, to outsource when you can, to prioritize, to have less so that you can have more and buy only what you need. Um, all these things will help you stay organized, reduce your clutter, and maintain a level of sanity that is essential when it's so hot outside. All right, ladies, as usual, if you have any questions, please leave me a voicemail or you can send me an email, rebecca at balaganbegon.com. That's R-E-B-E-K-A-H at B-A-L-A-G-A-N-B-E-G-O-N-E.com. Um, you can check out my website. Um, you can follow me online, um, balaganbegon.com. If you go to forward slash if you go to balaganbegon forward slash AK, you'll see that I put up a bunch of things that I use. I'm going to hopefully add some more things so that you can see other things that I'm using in my home to help me with my organization and my zero waste. All right, ladies. Cool to uh, have a great week. And remember, Hashem keeps me organized. Thanks for listening.